Welcome to this week's uh, podcast and these are the special ones because we get to hear from a leader and in this uh, session, uh, delighted to introduce uh, Jody Whelan. Jody's the Executive Manager, Customer Engagement at AG Coombs. Welcome, Jody. Thanks, Mike. Pleasure to be part of it. That's uh, good. And um, now, look, I've known Jody a, lo- a long time and um, don't tune out of this episode because you'll be riveted in her story and, and um, just someone who I admire so much in terms of the way she leads and... Um, uh, runs her teams, just a fantastic leader. So how are we going to run it? Um, Jodie's going to take us through her career journey because I think people are always interested in that uh, just to see how people got to where they are. So to get to an executive manager customer engagement, which is a mouthful, um, we're going to hear, hear the journey, Jodie, of how you got there. And then we've got some strategy questions because people – we know from our listeners that they love uh, hearing about strategy and not just theory of strategy, but strategy in practice. And then we're going to hear some leadership stuff from Joe as well. So, so the easy question, Joe, tell us your story. What got you to where you are today? How'd you start? Thanks, Mark. I actually started in the airlines. Um, I'll go back one further. Out of university, um, was doing business management. Um, got probably halfway through my course and a little bit impatient, which is sort of something that carries through to this day. Yep, yep. And um, yeah, I was lucky enough to be offered a, a role uh, back then. It was through a friend of a friend getting into the airlines because they really didn't, weren't taking people at the time till they were sort of 20 years of age. I was 19 and a friend was a pilot with an airline called Kendall Airlines. So I started there. Um, he said, what do you want to do? And I said, anything. Um, apparently I was too tall at the time to be a flight attendant. There was a restriction on that. So... Best decision ever, didn't go up in the sky, stayed on uh, on the ground and started in operations. So started at check-in, uh, was only there a few weeks and then progressed onto the gate lounge um, where we'd be doing the announcements over the loudspeaker throughout the airport, which was quite confronting the first time to hear your voice through the big screen. And um, there then basically ended up in operations management. So that was working with... Um, the engineers on the aircraft uh, was working closely with the pilots. Um, so you're organising the fuel, the catering, which bays the air- aircraft were going to be parking. It's a lot of strategy in that, depending on what flights passengers were connected on. Um, there was obviously weather came into it, a lot of KPIs around the airlines at the time. So the uh, Kendall Airlines was a regional player. ANSET was the affiliate airline. So it was sort of ANSET and Qantas were the two big airlines back then. So yep. I'm, I'm aging myself here a bit. Yep. But, um, yeah, it was it was fantastic. Every day was different. You never knew what you were going to expect and just really enjoyed it. So I ended up becoming the the youngest and, and the first female airport manager um, in it, Tullamarine there. Okay. Yep, very good. And then... Um, by the way, if you ever leave AG Coombs, can you go and sort Jetstar out? So, give, giving you a bit of history. So, um, yeah, so then across to Coombs, was it? Across to Coombs after that. So, oh, from, sorry, from Kendall Airlines into ANSET. So, I ended up spending nine years within the um, airlines. In 2000, ANSET asked me to go and live in Sydney for 12 months and run the SOCOG, so the Sydney Olympic oh, yeah, project yeah, up yeah. there. So, I was in charge of basically getting every athlete as part of the Olympic Committee over to Australia and then home again after the Olympics. So that was an amazing challenge. So I lived up in Sydney in 2000 for the year. Came back to Melbourne, obviously within April two, uh, 2001, ANSET went um, into yep. receivership. Yep. The whole industry was really changing and after sort of 10 years of doing a whole lot of shift work, I thought I might give this nine to five a go. 
and applied for a job. At- I did Coombs and 21 years later, here, here I still am. You, who would have thought? And, and, you know, certainly watched you, uh, as I work closely with Coombs, you've watched you get up the ladder and, and well-deserved. So, we'll look, we'll go into some strategy questions because, you know, we'd like to put – we talk about strategy in these podcasts, but it's always good to put theory into practice. So, to, first of all, before we get into those, what, you know, AG Coombs, tell us about the business. What, what does it do? Yeah, we're a proudly privately owned Australian business. We've been in business for 77 years young. Um, in the building services industry. So we have a reputation of quality, service and innovation, basically provide whole of life, um, which is an end-to-end capability from advisory through to design, construction, commissioning, and then the ongoing maintenance and management within building services in Australia. I know the MD, Russell Telford, always used the words cradle to grave. So I think, you know, that was one of yeah. the, the terms they used from the inception of a building to a decommissioning and everywhere in between, so of all the services. So a great a great niche and a great spot to be in. Business purpose, so what's its what's Coombs's why? Why does it exist for its customers? Uh, that's a great question. And I think over the, the last few years, we've been going down into the OKRs, so objectives and, and corporate key results, and it's really yep. helped to solidify that and really break it down simply into four areas. So the four areas um, in our why is first one's people. It's always people, so looking to get the best people. The second one is profitable growth, so really looking to get that through strategy, so it's really strategic profitable growth. Operational excellence throughout the organisation is our third pillar, and our fourth pillar is innovation, so we always want to lead through our innovation. So I think for us, the why is around people, profitable growth, operational excellence and innovation. Innovation, yeah, and, and, you know, it's good to put theory to practice because we've talked about OKRs in this podcast, I think, last, last season or something, so... Great to hear you know, an organisation that lives and breathes them and working through them. So, you know, as, just a reminder for people listening in, OKRs are about, you know, measuring strategy uh, so that right, right from top to bottom people can say we're all working on the right things, not not all over the place working on different things, you know, from a strategic perspective. Yeah, it's really helped us and been able to align our thinking as a business. Yeah, it's great. Chosen market, so good good business is what you say yes to and what you say no to, right? So um, as best we can. So uh, as we say in strategy, what sandpit does Coombs play in? What's its chosen market or markets? Market, I was going to say there's quite a lot of markets actually um, in saying that, but there is a definite, you know, win, no win, bid, no go yep. um, process to all of it. So given the AG Coombs group of companies is made up of, of eight different companies within that group. So across that, we do play in um, some of the vertical markets are data centres, uh, very much in the commercial building space, tertiary education. So we've got a lot of um, buildings within university and TAFE sector. We're in the defence sector. Arts, galleries, museums, government, we do something with all of the big four banks. So it is quite niche. We are spread out in that diversity, especially across our service businesses. And it's been something that's that's really worked well for us, especially throughout COVID. So you can imagine the tertiary education market took a real nosedive throughout that time. But the government, the banking sector, the data centres, um, they're all businesses that, that were really stable mm. through those times. So I think being able to have that diversity across the vertical markets that we play in has been a real advantage for us. Yeah, and I guess that sort of leads into your role, doesn't it? That customer centricity, customer engagement. The companies that are succeeding are ones that are customer centric, listen to their customers and, and work with them, which 
you know, that's one of the reasons I've thought of you in, in these sessions. You, you've always been very customer focused and you know, always admired that about yourself. So the last question on strategy, Jode, is um, what, what's Coombe's sustainable competitive advantage? You know, what sets it apart from, you know, it's got some big competitors in Australia, but it, it, it is up there as, you know, probably, you know, the, the well-respected um, uh, in its field. So why is that? I think there's a couple of things. I think firstly, it's knowing and understanding our customers. So like you alluded to in my role, it's very much understanding what our customers' requirements are, where their strategic vision is, making sure we're aligned with that, that we're consistently delivering um, to them and that we're getting it to them on time with fit-for-purpose products. We're also making sure that we're ahead of the game from an innovation perspective um, and as we spoke to, and I know you've spoken to, given examples before that, you know, if you're getting off the plane at, at midnight in Hong Kong, you see a McDonald's there, even though you might not be a McDonald's fan, you're going to go there because you know you're going to get a consistent service on time and it's good quality. So we're just making sure that we're always consistent within our market. Yeah, that's, that's good. I always, uh, yeah, not a great McDonald's fan, but I, I really admire their model that, as you said, as the customer the ones that they aim for, they know what they're going to get and they go there for that very reason. So um, I think that's they're always a good analogy. All right, we're going to switch now from strategy to leadership. So I'm going to ask you a few leadership questions. So the first one is role models. You know, who who are your role model or who is your role, role model leader or leaders? And it could be some people you've met, some you haven't met but read about. You know, who are they? I'm a pretty avid reader and podcast yeah, listener, so I actually have. I'm making <laughs> notes as we lot. speak, so because uh, I, I, I know you read a lot, so I'm going to write some of these down. Yeah, so there's actually, oh, I might disappoint you here. So there's not one person because I like to take traits from so many different people. Yeah. But I think coming back to um, what I was starting with on the journey is people that lead by example. So Kendall Airlines, um, the owner of that, was Don Kendall got to meet him quite a few times um, and know him quite well. And, you know, by the end, he was an extremely wealthy man, had an Order of Australia medal, et cetera. So he'd come to the airport. He could have easily been sitting in the executive lounge having a few drinks before he got on his aircraft. Um, But he'd also make sure he came down, he spoke to all the employees, he'd come down to the ground level. If he saw the baggage loaders were really busy, he'd go out and he'd help throw a few bags on there with him. That's impressive. Um, he was really amazing. He'd always walk into the operations centre and I remember one night he's, what are we waiting for? Come on, it's an on-time departure. And I'm like, oh, I've got to wait for someone to come down to run, you know, we had to order some extra fuel for this flight because the weather was pretty bad and I said, we need to get the manifest out to the pilot. And he's like, well, give it to me. I can walk it out. I've got two legs. <laughs> so he sort of walked it out to the plane and and I've, I don't know, just that sort of thing is leading by example and I've, I've tried to make sure I do that and, and yeah. leaders that do that, I really admire them. Next time I'm down at Coombs, I'll see if I can install a fan coil unit or something like that just to um, yeah, try and show some leadership skills. So that's a H, uh, an air conditioning joke for anyone that doesn't know air conditioning. What's So it's always good to look back in life, um, either in business or leadership, and go ask two questions, what's worked, what hasn't. So for you, looking back, you know, what's worked for you, what hasn't? I think what's worked is that I've always been an authentic leader. You get you see, you get what you see. You get what you see, yeah, yeah. You get what you see. I'm pretty comfortable that I'm a pretty good communicator. I always try and get back to the ethos of operating with honesty and integrity. And at the end of the day, honestly, just being able to have a laugh. You've yeah. got to find some fun in it. You're, you're working long hours with these people that are, you know, your family at work. So 
you've got to make sure that you're supporting each other. Um, you're strong. I asked actually one of my team a few weeks ago, we were sort of giving some peer review to each other and I said, all right, we'll go around the table and you've got to name three things, three words that you would say about your leader and, and what the skills are. So I'll share mine. They came back saying I was strong, supportive and fair. Yep. I was like, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in Mindshot world, we call you a straight shooter, Jode. Uh, <laughs> And that's a compliment, you know, that uh, you're a straight shooter. So there's no guessing and I think that's what people need in leadership. On the flip side, though, what hasn't worked well? Yeah, what hasn't, yeah. Um, I think in doing that in operations management, again, um, we'll come up with something and I'm very reactive as a leader, which sometimes hasn't served me well. So I did a course in uh, 2018 that you're aware of, a leading edge course, which was fantastic. And one of the key takeaways I took out of that that I'm still using four years later, it was a little stop sign with a five in the minute and it's yeah. take five. So I still have that on my computer, on the bottom of my computer. So sometimes, especially if I'm a bit rolled up about something, just take five, have a think about it before you respond, run it by a peer. And in doing that, I've been able to get some some better outcomes. Yeah, no, it's a good, good, um, good tool. A lot of leadership reading I've done over the years. So, so if you are rolled up about something, draft your email up. Don't send it. Just sleep on it overnight, and then have another look in the morning. And just see if you still really yeah. want to send it. So, that's uh, good. Now, well, this is going to be an interesting question. Motivation. So, you, you know, you're right up there in my book in terms of motivation. Um, tell tell our listeners, you know, how do you keep yourself motivated? What what are some of the things that you do? Uh, I like to keep learning all the time. So from a professional and a personal perspective, I think we just always need to keep learning in life. So from a professional perspective, you know, over the years, I'm continually asking, you know, what courses I can be on um, or just learning from, from our technicians, you know, going out and spending a day in the life of a technician, learning what they do on a day-to-day basis. I've recently uh, completed the director's course with the Australian Institute of Company Directors, which was really fantastic and challenging. Outside of work, you know me as well, so I do like to keep myself busy there. Go on, share some of the things you've done. Uh, I lo- I've always loved running because it's uh, it's my place. So before work, I, you know, I get up four or five in the morning, depending on what I've got on for the day, and get out there. And it's the way that I set myself up for the day is, is to go for a run with my kelpies. And um, over the last few years, I've transitioned that into from marathons into ultra running. So trying to work out how far I can I can push my body without breaking it, and it's not just a physical thing it's a real mental thing as well so you know doing a lot of um reading well we come back to a a book mike so one i'm reading at the moment that i'm enjoying it's called do hard things why we get resilience wrong and the surprising science of real toughness so it's written by steve magnus um again ultra runner coach running but it's very relatable they're relating a lot of the ideas into teaching and um yeah it's a whole lot around resilience so enjoying that so yeah just as I get older seeing how um seeing how I can keep pushing myself yeah biggest challenge in August after two years of not being able to do it with COVID was uh running the Lara Pinta Trail yeah uh, through just Alice Springs over the McDougal the McDonald Ranges yeah yeah no amazing and I I tell you every time I see you Jode I feel exhausted by what you tell me you've been doing so um uh it's impressive and last sort of leadership question because we probably need to wrap up is what attributes do you think leaders need to excel today? And I think you've talked about a few already, but, yeah, what, what are the things that you think leaders need to be working on? I think they need to remain agile. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the environment is adapting and that's never been um, as prevalent as it has over the last couple of years with COVID. So I think we really need to be agile. Resilience. So again, coming back to the book that I was just talking about, um, I think that we really need to be resilient as leaders and continue. And I think one of the best things we can do is just to continue to develop the talent within our teams and recognise everyone in the team and how unique they are and how we can best build the talent within your team. Well, that's a good good note to finish on, Joe, because I think you know, you're certainly one that exemplifies that role of a leader that really does bring their team along. You know, you know I know some of your team and they, uh, they've got you on a pretty decent pedestal. So um, for what you've done for them in terms of your belief about growing people, you, you live and breathe that every day, I think. So that's a credit to you. So we must wrap up, but look, appreciate you being on the, the podcast. So Jody Whelan, uh, AG Coombs, customer what customer engagement. Well, I'm going to get this wrong now. <laughs> Executive manager, customer engagement. It is a mouthful. <laughs> it is a mouthful. Executive. I'll give you that. Yeah, that's it. Really great to talk to you. It's been fun and, um, yeah, look after yourself. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Mike, for having me. Thanks for listening. If you want to connect with me, you can find my website at bcag.net.au. Twitter sign is Michael Burke 173, as is my LinkedIn address is also Michael Burke 173. You can also connect directly at mburke, that's M-B-U-R-K-E, at bcag.net.au. Also love it if you could rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. And thanks very much for listening and see you next time.